barely audible whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors. The British Academy of American Ambassadors, too inept at diplomacy to avoid calling the insecure and inept president insecure and inept. The Trump University Counterpuncher Debate School for proving the other guy's point, demonstrating our own insecurity by inventing inept arguments in response to being called inept and insecure. And America's standing in the world, recently downgraded from a standing to a squat. I am Dave. And I am Molly. And if our voices were any lower, they would be England's opinion of Trump. Our top story this week. The U.S. women's national team won the World Cup for the fourth time and the second time in a row. Megan Rapinoe, team captain, MVP, social activist, and all-around goddess, has been making the talk show circuits, where she's been forced to answer a lot of dumb questions. Today was no exception. Hi, I'm Reed Little, and I never make it past the headline of a news story. And I'm Sissy White, and I'm incapable of imagining another person's perspective. We have a talk show for some reason. Welcome to Stupid Stupid Questions. Questions. Our guest today is U.S. Women's National Team soccer star Megan Rapinoe. Welcome, Megan. Hi, I... I guess it's good to be here. Not usually. Megan, I notice your hair is kind of a pinkish purple. Is that your natural hair color? No, it's nobody's natural hair color. Ah. Ah. Megan, you're a big soccer star, but in Europe, everybody calls it football. Was that confusing for you, given that football is traditionally a sport played with your hands? Um, there are actually a lot of misconceptions about the competing terms soccer and football. Uh, They're both abbreviations of the full-term association football, which was originally a distinction from rugby football. We've stopped listening. Oh, okay. The women's national team won two to nothing. Do you think the win has more to do with the fact that you scored more goals than them or that they scored fewer goals than you? If you're asking whether it's due to their ineffectiveness or our prowess, well, first I want to congratulate the team from the Netherlands for a great match and a great tournament, truly. Our defenders were amazing in the final, and they kept the ball in front of them and didn't give up any scoring opportunities. And that was the key to our win. After the big win, you kissed your girlfriend. What statement were you trying to make there? That I love my girlfriend. You've been in a Twitter feud with the President of the United States. How awesome is that? I think it's been great for drawing extra attention to the team and the game. I wish we had a president that didn't get into Twitter feuds, but... In this feud, which one of you is Taylor Swift, and which one of you is Katy Perry? (sighs) I see it as more of a, I'm Tyrion Lannister, and he's King Joffrey. You've said you wouldn't be going to the White House if you won. Now that you've won, will you be going to the White House? No. You heard it here first. No, they didn't. (laughs) You're fighting for equal pay for the women's national team. Why is that important to you? It's a simple matter of right and wrong. Imagine if Reed got paid more than you. Oh, he does. I do. Really? Why? Oh, I'm just happy to be on TV. Okay, but imagine if you'd won four Pulitzer Prizes and he'd never even made it to the daytime Emmys and he still got paid significantly more than you. Oh, I don't have an imagination. In 2016, you made headlines for kneeling during the national anthem. Was this in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick or were you just resting? I think it's important to stand up for other people, and it's a uniquely American way of speaking out. But, as a white woman, you're not black. 
Most of the people kneeling during the anthem are black. How come? How come they're black? Or why do I kneel? Look, you just put yourself in another person's shoes. I I buy custom shoes. Why would I want to wear someone else's? Well, we're almost out of time, which means we'll have to rapid fire the rest of our questions without giving you a chance to answer. Why do you think it took four years since your last World Cup to win it again? It happens every four. You're 34. Are you afraid that if you get any older, you won't be 34 anymore? What? If President Trump offered to marry you, would you accept? Do you ever wish there wasn't a goalie so you could score more goals? What's your favorite sport to play? How much mulch would the Dutch team clutch if the Dutch team could clutch mulch? Do you agree that gay marriage is a slippery slope to bestiality? If the men's national team won the men's World Cup, would you support them making less money than the women? And that's all the time we have. Thanks to our guest, Megan Rapinoe. Will you come back next year if you win the World Cup again? There won't be... No, I won't. I won't ever come back. That's the usual response. I'm Reed Little. And I'm Sissy White. And this has been Stupid Questions. Jeffrey Epstein is a child-raping, sex-trafficking pedophile pimp whose billions of dollars and access to power allowed him to not only escape the consequences of his psychopathic behavior, but to actually be praised for it, as demonstrated by the following verbatim Donald Trump quote. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, because we hear he hates that. He's a lot of fun to be with. It is even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do. And many of them are on the younger side. The ability of one sexual predator to praise another sexual predator's prowess as a sexual predator, as though they were both just a couple of devilish playboys about town, belies the ease with which wealthy, criminally, sociopathic rapists can stroll through life with the swagger of a romanticized pimp in a 1970s exploitation film. With that in mind, Barely Audible Whisper presents the Superfly News. Even after getting caught running a sex trafficking ring in which he repeatedly raped and pimped out hundreds of underage girls, Jeffrey Epstein was given a sweetheart non-prosecution agreement by then-prosecutor and current Trump administration labor secretary, Alexander Acosta. But I guess that's to be expected when the publication of his Little Black Book in 2015 revealed that Epstein had personal phone numbers of a former president, a future president, royal families, movie moguls, business titans, and legal giants. Superfly. Epstein's friendship to President Trump dates back decades and includes allegations that Trump raped one of Epstein's 13-year-old sex slaves at a party at Epstein's house and that Trump invited Epstein to a, quote, calendar girl party in which Trump, Epstein, and 28 aspiring young models were the only attendees. Darkest of night with the moon shining bright There's a set going strong, a lot of things going on The man of the hour has no great power The dudes have envied him for so long Oh, super fly But President Trump is far from Epstein's only powerful connection Former President Bill Clinton, to whose campaigns and foundation Epstein has donated hundreds of thousands of dollars 
jet-setted around the world, according to flight logs, on at least 20 trips aboard Epstein's private jet, which he not so subtly named Lolita. Hard to understand what a hell of a man this cat of the slum had a mind. Wasn't dumb, but a weakness was shown. Cause his hustle was strong. His mind was his own. Man lived alone. Oh, super fly. Allegations against Epstein also included accusations that he facilitated underage sex slaves for Prince William. Lending credence to those allegations is the fact that his infamous Black Book contained multiple private numbers for multiple members of the royal family, including the ability to contact Queen Elizabeth herself. The aim of his role was to move lots of blow. Ask him his dream. What does it mean? He wouldn't know. Can't be like the rest, is most, he'll confess. But the time's running out, and there's no happiness. Oh, Superfly. Hopefully, Jeffrey Epstein is on the verge of facing justice for his atrocities. But even so, he did not commit his atrocities alone, or in a vacuum. And so, for there to be true justice in this case, the other elites, whose other atrocities Epstein undoubtedly profited from, must also be exposed and brought to justice. Oh, Superfly, you're gonna make your fortune by and by. But if you lose, don't ask no questions why. The only game you know is do or die. Ah, ah, ah. Superfly, Superfly, Superfly. Eccentric billionaire and two-time third-party presidential candidate Ross Perot died on Tuesday at the age of 89. In 1992, Perot ran for president as the Reform Party candidate. In July of that year, he changed his mind and dropped out of the race, before changing his mind again in October and re-entering the race. The fact that Perot was a billionaire with no political experience running for president on an attention-stealing, economic protectionist, anti-NAFTA platform has led many critics to speculate that Perot's unorthodox candidacies in 1992 and 96 paved the way for President Trump's 2016 run. Now that's just sad. Ross Perot? Is that really how you're going to talk about me? Like I'm a mafia-connected construction company that paves roads for Trump? But, but you're dead! Is that really what you want to talk about? I'm trying to save this country, and all you want to talk about is a dead man materializing in your booth. But you died. I changed my mind. I'm back in the race. What race? Can I finish? Can I finish? I wouldn't did for a full day before the media started in on the Trump comparison. No, 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 no. Nothing can be further from the truth. I got less in common with Trump than a bullfrog's turds got in common with the Queen of England. To be fair... Can I finish? Can I finish? No, 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 no. Trump, on the other hand, has something in common with the Queen of England and a bullfrog turd in that he has never worked a day in his life. That's a... Can I finish? Can I finish? Donald Trump was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, which he somehow managed to drive into bankruptcy 
So his daddy put another silver spoon in his mouth, which also bankrupted, and then another silver spoon and another bankruptcy. Clickety click click clack. You hear that? That's the sound of the repo man playing the spoons on his collection of Donald Trump's daddy's silver spoons. Clickety click click clack. Clickety click click clack. Can I finish? Nobody else was. Can I finish? I'm over here telling you that I'm a real billionaire who made real money doing real work and you're comparing me to a fake billionaire who ran a charity that doesn't donate money and a university that doesn't teach. That's just sad. I'm finished. Another similarity might be that just like Trump accused President Obama of spying on his campaign without any evidence to back up his claim, you accused President Bush Can I finish? You said you were. Can I finish? Now, is that really what you want to talk about? I'm trying to save my legacy, and all you want to talk about is, am I dead? And why did I accuse the president of spying on my daughter without any evidence? Now, that's just not what the American people care about. What the American people care about is half-hour campaign infomercials with a Texas-sized heaping helping of line graphs. I remember those. They were funny. There's nothing funny about line graphs. I'm as serious about line graphs as a wild hog is serious about piglets, mud, and truffles. Can I finish? Again, no Can one Can I finish? The only thing less funny than a line graph is the giant sucking sound you can hear coming from Mexico. Isn't that... Uh, Can I finish? Can I finish? I'm finished. Isn't that the sucking sound uh, representing jobs being sucked up back to Mexico, similar to Trump's anti-immigrant build-the-wall rhetoric? No, 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 that's just sad. The sucking sound was the sound of jobs being sucked to Mexico, not the sound of Mexicans sucking. My sucking sound was the sucking sound of American jobs being sucked away from Americans. Trump's sucking sound is the sucking sound of children being sucked away from their parents. There's a fine line between protectionist populism and racism, and Trump illegally crossed so far over that border that he might as well be Melania's work visa. Let us know when you're finished. Can I finish? I just told you. Can I finish? Are you finished? Can I finish? Mm. Can I finish? Clickety click click clack. Clickety click click clack. Clickety click 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 clack. Now I wanted to tie my sound effects together. Now I'm finished. So being an actually self-made actual billionaire who actually served in the Navy, ran a campaign based on actual ideas, and whose charitable donations actually went to actual charities, Ross Perot actually has next to nothing in common with Donald Trump. Now that we've cleared that up, I changed my mind again. I'm out of the race. You mean you're dead again? I'm finished. Cleveland Clinic in Ohio delivered the first healthy baby ever born in the United States from the transplanted uterus of a deceased donor. Talk about the cycle of life. 
The mother of the newborn is part of a clinical trial involving 10 women with uterine factory infertility who volunteered to attempt to deliver a baby from the surgically implanted womb of a dead person. Barely Audible Whisper obtained audio from immediately after the C-section. Our beautiful new baby girl. I'm trying, honey. I swear to God, I'm trying. Yes. You may swear to me if it gives you comfort, you're mortal. <laughs> What's that, doctor? Nothing, nothing. Your husband just was swearing to God, and since I just successfully created life where there had previously been death, I assumed he was talking to me. <laughs> We talked about this, sweetie. It doesn't matter how our precious baby came to be born. It only matters that it was born. Doesn't matter how it came to be born. I installed death into a barren wasteland and produced life. Don't tell me it doesn't matter. You're not helping. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I not being helpful enough? After all, it's not like I achieved anything particularly difficult, like engineering a triumph over the very laws of nature. Who's mommy's little miracle, baby? You were Miracle? Sure. Why not? Let's chalk up my painstaking research an audacious genius to a random act of God. Doctor, you're a miracle worker. Oh, you were talking about me when you referred to a miracle. I guess that's acceptable. How long do you think it'll be before I can look at my baby girl without thinking about a dead uterus? I can't say. That's actually one of the things we're studying. We're hoping less than six months. We think most men stopped associating their baby with a dead uterus in less than six months. Would sound reasonable in the legal disclaimers at the end of the commercial. This is actually perfectly legitimate scientific research that has the potential to allow thousands of women who could not otherwise become pregnant the opportunity to give birth. Portraying it in a Frankenstein-esque mad scientist fashion was unfair. While Barely Audible Whisper applauds the scientific breakthrough and celebrates the children that it may bring in the future, we cannot help but wonder what burdens lie ahead for the very first dead uterus transplant baby. Welcome to your first day of kindergarten, children. Why don't you all tell us a little about yourselves? I'm Billy, and I'm the bestest baseball player in the whole wide world. Oh, that's wonderful, Billy. Who's next? I'm Eve, and I was the first baby ever born from an implanted dead uterus. <gasps> Troubles continue throughout elementary school. My mommy says babies come from the stork. Nuh-uh. Babies come when mommies and daddies have S-E-X. <laughs> no, they don't. Babies come when one woman dies. And if that woman filled out an organ donor card, then the doctors come and tear out her womb. And then they put the womb into the mommy so she can grow the baby. It's true. I don't want to play with you anymore. Uh -uh. 
But hopefully it won't be that bad. After all, the children of today are much more tolerant of the differences of others than our generation. Who knows, she may even grow up to have a baby of her own. Mom? Mm -hmm. Dad? Mm. I'm pregnant. <gasps> That's wonderful news, sweetie! Oh my goodness! So, who's the lucky dead woman whose uterus you're going to use? No, Mom. I'm gonna have the baby, using my own womb. Do you hear that, dear? She's going to use her own womb. I guess implanting a dead woman's womb inside your body just isn't good enough for our little princess. Can you believe this, dear? No, I can't. She's 28 years old and I still can't look at my baby girl without thinking about a dead uterus. That commercial lied. Dear. According to a report from the Washington Post, President Trump and his administration have changed their story ten different times in the last four months when trying to come up with a legal justification for including a citizenship question in the 2020 census. That's almost as many contradictory excuses as there are women who have credibly accused the president of rape. Which is ironic since President Trump offers the exact same excuse for each of his accusers. She's not my type. As always, our Trump impersonator is still a woman, because we hear he still hates that. In fact, as of this recording, 2020 census forms are being printed without the citizenship question, even as Attorney General and human sack of lying jowls William Barr maintains that the administration is pursuing legal options to include the question, despite the Supreme Court's ruling prohibiting the question. The president does not have to obey the ruling of the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court isn't his tape. Barely Audible Whisper obtained audio of a Trump administration lawyer arguing before a judge. We need the citizenship question to help enforce the Voting Rights Act. How does asking census takers if they are citizens help enforce the Voting Rights Act? Objection! You can't objection me. I'm the judge. But my argument cannot be justified because it is solely without justification. Therefore, by asking me to justify the unjustifiable, you are prejudicing my unjustifiable case by forcing me to justify it. So this isn't about enforcing the Voting Rights Act? Of course not. Where would you get such a ridiculous idea? This is about helping immigration enforcement identify illegal immigrants. You're going to share confidential census information with ICE? Absolutely. That's an egregious violation of- No, you didn't let me finish. I was right in the middle of saying absolutely not. That would be an egregious violation of whatever you were going to say. The expectation of, of privacy. privacy. Of course. We're definitely not going to use the census to go after immigrants. That's not what the president just tweeted. Of course, we're definitely going to use the census to go after immigrants. He doesn't mean that. I totally mean that. The thing is, Your Honor, this is really about redistricting. You mean you're purposely attempting to undercount minorities to make it easier to gerrymander more Republican districts? Did I say redistricting? I meant redistribution. Re 
doubling, rejuvenating, re, 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 do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. What I meant that this is not about drawing district maps. This is about drawing districting maps. Obviously, the president didn't mean to imply that the citizenship question is meant to discount immigrants. Obviously, I meant to imply that the citizenship question is meant to discount immigrants. Your Honor, I request a delay. It's not like there's a critical impending print deadline. Last week, you demanded that this hearing proceed immediately due to a critical impending printing deadline. Yeah, I didn't think you were actually going to make me argue my argument. Um, so I didn't prepare an argument in support of my argument, but since the president keeps arguing different arguments, I need some time to prepare an argument that I will once again hope you don't actually make me argue. No. Very well, Your Honor. The government officially concedes, and we will make no further attempt to move forward on the citizenship question. We are... Absolutely, moving forward on the citizenship question. For God's sakes! All of the lawyers who were arguing my case in favor of the citizenship question are fired. Thank God! I can't take any more of this. No, I will not let you change the lawyers in this case. Please, please let him fire me. This is clearly a cheap delay tactic. This is clearly a cheap delay tactic. Told you. What difference does it make? Attorney General Barr is going to do whatever he wants anyway. That's true. I said I found a legal way forward, but all that really means is that we're just going to ignore all of the court's rulings, including the Supreme Court's, and the world is powerless to stop us because I possess the limitless powers of hell inside the limitless abyss of my limitless jowls. Good news for Democrats, as their absurdly crowded field of 2020 presidential contenders finally got a little smaller as Representative Eric Swalwell dropped out of the race on Monday. Bad news for the Democrats, as the very next day, delusional billionaire Tom Steyer entered the race. Damn it. In an effort to coax her into dropping out of the race by giving her something else to do, Barely Audible Whisper hired spiritual guru, presidential candidate, and pretentious liberal you feel judged by every time you shop at Whole Foods, Marianne Williamson, to cover the 2020 race. Um... I am too spiritually in tune with the universal spiritual intunement to have policy positions. Um, I called my best friend, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, and said, What up, girl? And she said, Vagina. And I said, Power. Um... I sincerely apologize for the way I've been misunderstood and for the genuine pain these misunderstandings have caused to those who have misunderstood. It's front runner and not racist, but not not racist enough, Joe Biden. Your hair smells great and your shoulders are so soft and rubbable. 
his invasion of my personal space is somehow uncomfortable without being creepy. I sincerely apologize for the misunderstanding that has led me to be misunderstood. What specifically do you apologize for? I don't know. I just keep saying stuff and then apologizing and then doing stuff and then apologizing. It's amazing that I've spent my whole life in politics, and yet I'm still so bad at this. I've never before been involved in politics. I'm just naturally this much better than everyone else. Oh no, it's Kamala Harris. I'm getting the hell out of here. She scares me. There was once a little girl who was bused to school in Berkeley, California. And that little girl was me. Every day, I was bused into school on the Magical Mystery Tour. That comment was hurtful. And I'm going to put you in your place. In my tough but calm prosecutorial style. Because putting people in their place in a tough but calm prosecutorial style is the only way I can seem to be able to gain any damn traction. But Kamala, my darling tropical flower... You are wrong for saying that. When I'm elected president, I will appoint you to my most elevated cabinet position. You will be secretary of the department of my spirit animal. That was hurtful. Or maybe it was just stupid. You're very confusing. And I can't quite put my finger on what exactly it is that's wrong with you. But the point is, I don't like you. And you're lucky that Joe Biden is around here somewhere. So I'm not going to waste my time scolding you when I know damn well that scolding Joe Biden is better for my poll numbers. Soar like an eagle, Kamala. Hey, uh, I'm Mayor Pete. I'm a Christian, but I'm gay. And I was a Marine. So I've got all of your culture war stuff covered. Anyway, I'm basically going to reiterate whatever Kamala Harris just said, because we basically say the same stuff. But I'm a white Christian man, so it seems more moderate when I say it. I love that you're gay, but I hate that you were a Marine. Your gay pride yin is in disharmony with your military industrial complex yang. When I'm president, there will be no war. The tanks will shoot confetti, and the soldiers will fall in fabulous Fosse hands formations of synchronized, misappropriated, aboriginal dance numbers. I'm not judging you, but I'm leaving. You're ridiculous, but I accept that. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Stop that! I'm wagging my finger condescendingly at you to indicate my strong disapproval. I'm Bernie Sanders, damn it! I led the war on war. I led the unsuccessful opposition to the Iraq war. I led the unsuccessful opposition to the war in Vietnam. I've led every unsuccessful opposition to every war in history. 
I was the only politician to unsuccessfully oppose the very first war against Neanderthal men. I've got a plan for that. Stay away from me, Elizabeth Warren. I'm not afraid to wag my finger at you in disapproval. I'm in the fight. I love to be in the fight, and being in the fight means having a plan for how to win the fight. I'm Bernie Sanders, damn it! I was the liberal opposition to Hillary, and now my supporters give me credit for inventing the very concept of liberalism. Equality was my idea. Stop stealing my platitudes and turning them into workable solutions. You know, I've been around this country listening to people, and they want a fighter who's not afraid to fight in the fight. And as I thought about the fight and what it means to be in the fight, I figured out what I want to accomplish. And then I figured out how to accomplish what I want to accomplish. And now I'm telling people how I intend to accomplish what I want to accomplish. And you know what? It turns out all it takes is some math. I'll give you math. You got the 99% and the 1%. And the 1% have 99% of what the 99% should have 99% of. I'm in the fight. And to me, fighting in the fight means figuring out how much what you want costs. And then figuring out where you can get the money to pay for it. The fight's really just algebra. If X is who you're fighting for and Y is who you're fighting against, how much do you have to fight against Y to fight for X? Um, I have transcended mathematics? It's weird that I'm the first politician in memory to think through a series of policy initiatives and then run by honestly explaining what those initiatives are. Silence! Don't try to be heard above me. I'm billionaire Tom Steyer, and I got tired of waiting for my turn to talk, so I bought a bigger microphone. When I realized that I became a billionaire because the system unfairly advantages billionaires, who knew, I decided to spend my money to fix the system that I made my money taking advantage of. That logic actually makes sense to me because I'm the type of narcissistic, egomaniacal billionaire douche that mistakes my messiah complex for altruism. Now there's an asshole I can really put in his place. <laughs> Vote for billionaire Jesus. Thank you for listening to Barely Audible Whisper, made possible by the following people, writer, co-host, producer, Dave Baldwin, co-host, Molly Brown, writer and actor, Daniel Carter-Brown, actresses, Ali Glonick and Corey Burns. Please subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast, follow us on social medias, and tell all your friends that you think we're awesome. We appreciate your support. Superfly, you're gonna make your fortune by and by. But if you lose, don't ask no questions why. The only game you know is do or die. Ah, 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 Superfly. Hubris.